In today's show, we look ahead to Monday, the start of week 13, what we're watching for streaming options. Injury updates, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball, and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We're looking ahead to Monday. It's the first game of the week, or first day of the week, actually. Um, it's not that busy. Usually we have busier Mondays at six games. So we know this week, the entire week, every day is perfect for streaming. So let's look at what we're looking at on this day, how we're maximizing our ads, which are the players to watch, what situations are important to pay attention to. So, Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> All right. Pelicans-Wizards is the first game. The Wizards are one and a half point favorites in this one. We know that Zion is out. We know that Bradley Beal is out. And I'm going to go ahead and assume that Brandon Ingram is out. I don't know that for sure. That hasn't officially been announced. But I think he's out. Larry Nance returned Friday and then sat Saturday, I guess due to the back-to-back. So my expectation would be that Nance plays, while CJ McCollum rested on Saturday as well. So I think both Nance and McCollum will be ready to go for the Pelicans after missing Saturday. Ingram, I just, I have no idea. I have no idea. They've been terrible at updating us on that injury, and it's frustrating. We know that Beal is out, and uh, John Davis apparently is out with a hip issue. Not that he was ever going to play any minutes anyway. So what are we watching for on the Pelicans? Trey Murphy detailed that on the Waiver Wire show earlier today about his recent struggles and how he's just not getting any defensive stats. Rebounds are well down. The usage has dropped somehow, even with these players out, and he's looking more like a threes and free throw percentage streamer. Is he must roster? Probably not. Like, can he be rostered? Sure. But let's see. Does anything change? Najee Marshall is the guy in the short term that's dominating. And he is a 12-team league player. I don't think that he's going to last as a 12-team league player. As I said on that show as well, not in the top 200 for the season. But a nice little run here and he gets another opportunity to do it. For the Wizards, I want to see Daniel Gafford. He started last game, but didn't start the second half because there were some defensive issues in that first half with him and Porzingis. I expect that to be okay and that he starts again. He still played 26 minutes in that game, so there's definitely no need to panic. But we want to see how those minutes shake out. I also want to see Denny Avdia, who in the past, with Beal out, has really been great. He played 17 minutes against the Thunder. He had played 28 and 29 and 28 and 27 the games before that, which is obviously really strong. And that does make him at least somewhat intriguing. But with Rui back with a big lineup, does Denny get enough playing time to be useful enough as a, like a must-roster short-term guy? I'm not convinced. I'd like to see what happens. I think he's okay to take a stream crack at because of the absence of Beal and because there's only six games on. But last game, I guess, shook a little bit of my confidence there in him being able to um, produce consistently even though Beal is out. The next game is the Bucks and the Knicks in New York. The Bucks are three-point favorites. Um, Rowan Barrett is listed as doubtful for the Knicks with that finger laceration. 
I just I don't expect Chris Middleton to play. They think he might return on this road trip. They've got Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday on the road. So I'm going to expect maybe a Thursday return for Middleton. Fingers crossed, but who knows? So I don't think he's going to play here while Serge Barker is out for personal reasons. On the Bucks, I do want to watch the big fella Yanni. Giannis and Because we know there have been a lot of um, issues with his fantasy game this season. You know, the field goal percentage, nowhere near as good as it's been. Defensive stats are down. He has these he has big games still. We've seen that, but been a lot more inconsistency. I want to focus in on the field goal percentage. Can we expect it to rise again? Or is it going to stick at that lower number, which hurts? Um, Drew Holiday, the other one to watch, who's really struggled since returning from um, this illness. He's played 19 minutes and 19 minutes in those last two games. Yes, they were both blowouts. Actually, so one was a blowout, one wasn't. Um, so what is he? Is he going to play 33 straight away here? Is he going to be back into lower minutes? Like, what's the idea with the playing time? Now, obviously, guys like Beauchamp and Carter are getting extra minutes. They're not useful enough in most formats, but Beauchamp did play more than Carter last game. But what the hell is Drew going to do? But the Knicks, Emmanuel quickly, we just keep going with him. We're still not going to get the data of what happens to quickly when Barrett returns because Barrett isn't back here. But quickly, we just keep rolling. And let's see, can he continue to play at an insane level? And by insane level, I mean insane level of minutes, but also play really well. And where does he fit into Tibbs' rotation? Does he play the same minutes as the starters yet again? Does he see fewer minutes? Like, What is he deciding to do? I also want to watch Julius Randle, who's been great, but he has been really a little bit negative impactfully negatively impactful on your percentages, especially the free throws, because there's such high volume. He's great when you look at points, rebounds, and even assists, even though they're not quite as high in the past. Um, He does lack defensive stats at times. So I think there might be a little bit of the sell highs going on with um, with Randall at the moment, just because of the increased usage with Barrett out, and seeing how, or if there's any hope of him improving his percentages. I don't really think there is. I think this is Julius Randall. Bulls Celtics. Celtics are eight-point favorites here. The expectation is that Marcus Smart will be out after leaving last game. He's listed doubtful, but I'm expecting that he is out. Whereas the Chicago Bulls, they said Javante Green will be out at least a week. He's listed questionable. Um, I guess it is about a week. It's just not a... No, that's not true. It's not a week since that update that he'd be out a week. So that's interesting. Well, Caruso is questionable. He's missed the last two games. Um, there, do they keep going with Desumu as the starting point guard? Probably. On the bull side of things, I want to watch Pat Williams, who continues to be frustrating. Either huge minutes, the last three games, 38, 35, 34 minutes. That's fantastic. Two of those were great. One of those was dreadful in terms of production. And the two games before that, 21 and 27 minutes. And when Javante plays, Williams doesn't really tend to get those gigantic minutes. So is there any way we can trust him? Like, of course we can't. Is he streamable? Look, sure. But... Give me some consistency. Give me some usage. And with the fact that the big three in DeRozan, Vooch, and Levine are playing well, that really makes it hard for uh, Williams to have that value every night. I also want to watch um, the big fella himself, Nick Vucevic. It's Vucevic. He's on a nice little roll at the moment, putting up some very, very strong um, numbers, shooting the ball really well. He's had some, um, some ups and downs with his shooting numbers this season in terms of uh, two-point percentage and even three-point percentage. It's been a bit up and down, but he's on a really strong hot streak, and that is obviously um, you know, helping his value. We want to see the offensive hierarchy between Levine and DeRozan and Vooch. 
Where does he fit? Is he a 20-plus usage player? Does he go down to 18? Where does it all fit in against this deep, good Boston defense? Now, with Marcus Smart out, Derek White will probably start at point guard. In the past, what they've done is they haven't gone Brogdon and White together. They slide everyone down and they start Grant Williams. So that's what I expect that they do. But they could start White and Brogdon together. They could start Peyton Pritchard in place of Marcus Smart. Not that Pritchard would become a stream outside of very deep leagues because he might only play 15 to 20 minutes in that role. But I want to see what they do here. White and Brogdon with Smart out are great stream options. And while Smart is under a cloud, they are 12-team league players. But we've seen the ups and downs in minutes between those guys on a healthy team. It's too hard to trust long-term. I also want to watch Al Horford, who is struggling like in a massive way. Minutes are down. Shooting is down. Free throws are down. Blocks are down, steals are down, scoring is down, everything is down. Is all of that down because of age? Is it down because of Rob Williams? Is it down because it's a slump? I don't know. But we're going to get an extra data point here. Does he turn it around and make us all look stupid? Or does he continue to just wallow as a fringe 12-team league player who's definitely droppable in 12-team points leagues? That is absolutely a big question that we need to answer and we need to get that more information. I also want to see how Rob Williams looks as well because he was great last game after having some struggles early this season. Today's episode is brought to you by TurboTax. Go to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Meet with an expert who will do them for you. TurboTax experts can relieve you from the stress of taxes and file for you so you can do not taxes. Show your eyes things that are not taxes. Unpack a moving box of not taxes. Taste not taxes. Sing not taxes a lullaby. Hope that not taxes sleeps through the night. Grab a saddle and ride not taxes into the sunset. With the TurboTax 100% expert guarantee, an expert will do your taxes from start to finish so you can relax. Feels good to be done with your taxes, doesn't it? Come to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. Intuit TurboTax, full service products only video meeting while expert does your taxes required. See guaranteed details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Let's look at the Spurs and the Grizzlies. This is a back-to-back for Memphis. And Memphis has quite a few interesting injury scenarios popping, 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 bubbling up, bubbling up on Sunday. Stephen Adams is out on Sunday. Um, Ja Morant is a game time decision so he might be out and we don't know what that means for their status for Monday what we do know on the Spurs side is that Devin Vassell is out Um, we know that there is a question mark over Keldon Johnson who missed last game there's a question mark over Jakob Pertl who missed last game the other one to watch is Desmond Bain who after they told us he wouldn't sit anymore back to backs has sat the last back to back so does he sit this one again that is going to be key and that's going to really increase with Morant questionable, with Bain maybe not playing, it's going to increase the value of Tyus Jones pretty significantly. So that's a great option. Now, if Adams is out again, I think it's going to be uh, Xavier T. Illman with Brandon Clark out, or it could be Santi Aldama. But, you know, there's a lot of water to go under bridge. We're going to get some information on that on Sunday, and Clark maybe returns on Monday, and then he would be the stream option. So there are quite a few options there that, it's very hard to make an educated guess. I do think that you know, Clark won't play. Adams probably won't play, I'm guessing, on Monday. And that would mean Tillman gets that boost. But the Morant situation is still up in the air. On the Spurs, well, there's a lot of questions, isn't there? I don't know if Keldon's going to play. Josh Richardson was great last game. He struggled the game before that. Romeo Langford gets good minutes, but he's very empty from a fantasy perspective. 
Kader Bates-Diop is the one who started in place of Calden. Malachi Branham has an opportunity. I, I think Richardson's got the better fantasy game than Langford. His minutes are probably less secure, but I want to see what this means. Can he be a 26-minute-a-night player that's useful for 12s? I, I don't think so, but if Calden's out, I would definitely stream him. I also want to watch Zach Collins because he obviously dominated last game with Pirtle out, career-high game from um, Zach, but you know, does he, you know, can he be a 20-minute-a-night player when Pirtle plays? Because the game before, he played 16 minutes while Pirtle played 32. What is the plan here with Pirtle? Like some days he gets 32 and Zach is irrelevant. Some days he gets 26 and Zach is great. I think Zach has got some long-term stash appeal here with Pirtle in and out and Pirtle's minutes up and down. And I want to see what he's able to do either with Pirtle in or with Pirtle out. And we'll we'll get an answer to that one way or the other. Lakers Nuggets. We know Reeves is out, Walker's out, Anthony Davis is out. And then on the Denver side, Jeff Green is out, while Troy Brown is questionable. It's been a really hot stretch of things for Dennis Schroeder over the last few games. He's shooting 65% from three, which clearly is not going to stick. He's still getting no rebounds, steals, or assists, but the minutes are sky high, and I expect that they are sky high again. So he is someone to watch and probably as a, worth a stream, even though he could have a really poor shooting game and nothing goes well. Tom Bryant is the other one that I want to watch, the tank. Really putting up big numbers, obviously. He's must roster. He has been for weeks and weeks and weeks. We talked about this weeks ago. Um, but there has been a little bit of talk, especially from LeBron yesterday, saying, hey, I've already thought about um, how me and Tom and AD can all work together, which doesn't feel... I, I don't want... I, if I'm the Lakers, I don't want LeBron playing the three. Anthony Davis played literally the best basketball of his entire career playing at the five, and now you want to put a no-defense big man there who's thriving because he's getting shots who is not going to get those shots. So what's Tom Bryant doing next to Davis? I don't know. It doesn't make a lot of... Davis. Uh, Bryant's a great fill-in for Davis because you need someone to absorb that extra usage because Walker and Reeves and Troy Brown aren't going to do it. But like, what's the purpose of Tom Bryant next to Anthony Davis? It's not for rim protection. It's not for defense. What's the point of it? So, But it's the Lakers, so they make dumb decisions, even though they are on a five-game win streak, so that's interesting. But let's see Bryant do it again. Let's, what he basically is, is points and rebounds. We know this. He's big points, big rebounds, and shooting really well. But you know, is he a long-term impactful fantasy goal? That doesn't actually matter at this point. We're just holding it and seeing. I, I don't believe he will be. But LeBron brought up the idea that maybe he will be. So we'll see. For the Nuggets, I want to see Bruce Brown on a healthy team again. Like, what is his role? He was really good last game. Um, I, I still think we hold him in 12-team leagues, but that opinion can change. And then Bones Highland, who's only getting... 20 minutes a night, he scores well, but I don't think 20 minutes a night of the five-minute man is worth a must-roster spot. Six-game day, we have bones. It's great. We use him. We get that little scoring and three-point boost. It's fantastic, but as a long-term thing, probably not. And then we go to the Magic, and we go to the Kings. Sacramento are six-point favorites here. We know Bol Bol is out with COVID. John Isaac is out for, I don't know, and Shimura KK is out with that knee injury. While Malik Monk missed the last game for the Kings. And he's questionable again with this leg issue. They said it seemed to be not a big problem. They just wanted to give him a night off. The Kings have lost three of their last four, though. And um, would probably want to get back on track here. For the Magic, I want to see Jalen Suggs, who I thought played quite well at the end of the last game. Still had low minutes, while Fultz and Anthony both played 30. What is Suggs' role here? Can he be 16, 20 minutes, 24 minutes, 25 minutes? 
Is it Gary Harris that loses out? Does Suggs replace Gary Harris? That is a real question. I, I don't think it's worth having Suggs in a 12-team league because I'm just not sure there's going to be this gigantic pool of minutes available or that it's going to come soon, if it does happen at all. I also watched Cole Anthony, who, who played well last game, no doubt. He's played 30, 22, and 30 the last three games. Now, some of those are good, some of those are bad. I don't. I definitely want Fultz over him. Anthony becomes a great streamer, especially when you're looking for points and threes. But you know, when Suggs' minutes push up, who is it that loses out? Is it Cole? Does Cole start to play 22 a night regularly? Let's see how those minutes interplay here. For Sacramento, Keegan Murray was better last game, for sure. Um, still didn't play 30 minutes, though, while the other stars were playing 38, 36, 36, 40. That's the concern, is that even when he has a better game and he scores 15, 16 points, he's not being relied upon enough to play big minutes. He's hit over 30 minutes once in his last six games, and that was a 37-minute performance. And he just struggles in too many areas for me to consider him a must-roster player. I also want to watch the pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. Because he's getting big minutes all the time. Now, we are heading closer to fantasy playoffs where Barnes' value becomes more important and becomes more required, especially on a good schedule week. But can we see anything change for him? Or uh, if there's anything going to change, I think it's probably going to be in the negative if Murray does start to uh, advance ahead of him. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. We're all looking for healthy treats, but we don't want fat. We don't want calories. That's why you've got to try Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And you know what their secret is? It's they cover all of their bars in 100% real chocolate. You want healthy treats, but you don't want to compromise taste. So that's why you go to Built Bar instead of other protein bars. Now, these bars have got like 17 grams of protein, but only 130 calories. And we all know the great flavors, churro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut almond. I've been telling you about Built Bar for years. years. And I said, look, go to Built.com, get your Built Bars. You don't even have to do that anymore. You can go straight to Walmart, make a beeline for the pharmacy section. You can find four bar boxes of Built Bar in cookies and cream, double chocolate, and coconut puffs. Or better yet, go to Sam's Club and get a 13-bar box in the churro flavor or in the brownie batter. So get yourself boxes of Built Bar, get them at Walmart, or get them at Sam's Club. Built Bar is built different. Let's look at some streaming options now. On the back-to-back Monday, Tuesday, it's just the magic. So Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, maybe does he play back-to-back with the ankle? I don't know. Um, Gary Harris, he's been playing back-to-backs. Mo Wagner, maybe. Who, who do, I don't think it's going to be Bumbox. He's not playing. But there are some options there that are available on waiver-wise that you can look to stream in for Magic players on the back-to-back. If we're just looking at Monday's games, these guys are all available in over 50% of leagues. Dan Gafford, absolute no-brainer to me. I think Schroeder is a no-brainer for at least the stream value in the short term. Be aware of a shooting decline. Um, Quentin Grimes, I don't know why he's not rostered. Um, Bruce Brown, Najee Marshall, great stream, great option for Monday. Joshy Richardson, I think he's worth a look. Um, Contavious Caldwell-Pope and Denny Avdia, although I'm not that certain on Avdia, but I'm willing to give it a risk on a, a day like this. For deep formats, these guys are all available in 90% plus. You've got Pat Beverly, DeLon Wright, Grayson Allen, Corey Kispert, Gary Harris, Romeo Langford, Pat Connaughton, and Jose Alvarado, although Alvarado's last game was boosted by the absence of CJ McCollum. And then points leagues, these guys are all available in at least 40% of leagues. We're looking at Gafford, Quickly, Schroeder, uh, Najee Marshall, Derek White, some real value in Derek White, and Brogdon, by the way, if he's available, uh, Monte Morris, uh, Cole Anthony, and Jeremy Sohan. I can find the sound drop. Zohan, now! Um, yeah, they're all pretty solid options. Now, over the next four days, there's no high-volume days. It's all stream. 
So who is getting the advantage? Well, those first four guys there are all guys to add who have all got top 100 value on a per-game basis, I think, over the next week, over the next four days. Sorry. So Gafford's got two games. Schroeder, even though I'm a little skeptical, the minutes are sky high and they're going to remain sky high, so I like him for two games. The Bronco, Jalen Williams with two games. And even Kyle Anderson, he's only got one game, but I think he's worth having just on your team because he is a top 100 player for this week. And then we've got the bonus of Derek White and Grant Williams playing three games in four nights here, as well as Grayson Allen. So that's a great opportunity to add White. It's a great opportunity to add Williams with Marcus Smart out, or likely out. And then does he play the Wednesday-Thursday back-to-back? There's some really good value in having a short-term add of Derek White, Brogdon, and Grant Williams. And then Grayson Allen's probably a little bit more for deeper leagues, but he does play three games in the next four nights. Who knows if Drew or Middleton or Giannis plays in all of those games? We don't know. So the opportunities can arise. And then Quentin Grimes is available as well. Two games, should be rostered. Um, decent enough volume for him there. And that will do it for us today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.